Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a weekly program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. This program is brought to you by Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker, and for the next half hour, I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will help you expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. So many are tired of trying harder to live the Christian life. I've got great news for you. You can stop trying. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Welcome back to Still Growing in Grace. I'm so glad you tuned in to this week's episode. And if you're watching online on YouTube or listening to the podcast, thank you for taking time. I've been thrilled with the feedback. I am so thankful for those who are writing in, saying they are encouraged by what they're hearing. Some are saying it's not new news, but they're loving the way it's being packaged. Others are saying, this is new to me. I've not heard this before. And uh, this is why I'm doing the show. I'm trying to share with you a more hope-filled perspective on the journey of growing in grace. What is the gospel? What is this good news we're all excited about? I know the last uh, couple of weeks we've been touching on a very heavy topic on uh, how does God or Jesus view sin and our humanity? How does he see humanity? How does he view sin? How does he look at our forgiveness issue? And while I will be teaching a whole series on forgiveness in uh, future weeks, right now I'm giving you a very, very short section on how to understand your own forgiveness. I still think there are so many believers who do not know they are already forgiven. And I'm going to challenge you, if you are either new to this uh, show or tuning in brand new, please go back online and re-watch the video or re-listen to the podcast and jot down the scripture references I'm giving you. I want you to know I'm not making this up. This is fantastic news. I know growing up, uh, I used to have to memorize Bible verses. I got prizes for almost perfect attendance in Sunday school. And if you memorized a certain number of Bible verses, you get a special award. And then I even got this big award and it turned out to be a like this, this special um, mailbox uh coin bank, a piggy bank. And I was so excited to at least be able to enter this competition at the church I grew up in. And, uh, and that part was fun. I, I liked the challenge. It was great. And I did remember a lot of Bible verses, but I remember reading and memorizing all these things. And uh, it taught me at first I had the ability to, and I I still have trouble today trying to memorize certain things. But what this gave me was a static reading of Scripture. I was reading the scripture as a child to impress parents, to impress Sunday school teachers, uh, to try and please God because I did not know I was already pleasing to my Heavenly Father. I thought my good behavior would bump up my standards and every time I would misbehave, it would be bumped down until I fully repented of every single thing that I did wrong. And so, again, I'm dealing with this really uh, difficult uh understanding of who God is, how he sees me, is he safe enough to cozy up to? And so here I am memorizing these verses. And later in life, in Bible college, I start seeing some of these verses again and go, oh yeah, I remember that. 
but I read them so many times. They, they don't have the same meaning. However, in the last 20 years, I've reread some significant verses throughout the scriptures. Number one, I am waking up to a deeper understanding of the same text I've read over and over again. Number two, some texts were bothering me and I had to do some study. What does this verse mean? It doesn't seem, wait a minute, it can't be true that what, it, what I see written is what it really means. Only to discover there are deeper meanings to the original words these words were translated from the original language. So, a deeper study of those hard-to-grasp truths or even um, contradictory texts, it's worth doing a personal study. That's why, uh, again, I'm doing this show, because I want us to leapfrog some of the difficulties. I want to point some great um, insights out for you so that you can then go do your own research and discover that what I'm sharing is exciting and is good news. So let's continue from last week, and we're going to dig into Romans 6, uh, verses 4 and 5 from the Passion Translation. And this will lead us to verse 6, but I'm gonna, I want to read 4 and 5 first to give you some context. So if you're in the car or uh, sitting at home listening to the radio and you're just hearing this, just, just listen carefully to these words, uh, and I will read them slowly and carefully so you can grasp this awesome meaning. This is going to be great. Ready? Here we go. Romans 6 from the Passion Translation. Uh, verse 4, sharing in his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried and entombed with him, so that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. For since we are permanently grafted into him to experience a death like his, then we are permanently grafted into him uh, to experience a resurrection like his and the new life that it imparts. Right there is a huge, huge wake-up call, especially if you have grown up in the church, which I have. I did not know growing up, even though I may have been taught, I may have been taught these verses, uh, these facts may have been shared with me growing up as a child or a teenager, but I was not in a place to hear what they mean. And if you heard what I just heard and what I just read, this could blow your mind, but you have been co-crucified with Christ. It is a done deal, past tense, and you are permanently grafted into Christ. Now, this is the this is setting the groundwork for verse six coming up. Uh, again, this is this is this has to do with how God sees us. If we have been placed into Christ, died with Him, and have ra been raised with Him, this is how our heavenly Father sees us. Let's take a look at verse 6 from the Young's Literal Translation. Uh, this is important. I'm going to use multiple translations because no one translation has it all correct. Uh, but you put them together and you get a really beautiful picture. So Young's Literal Translation from Romans 6.6 6 says, Knowing this, 
that our old man was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Wow, did you catch that? This has already happened. How many of us have prayed and begged God for this to happen? We've just read in Romans 6, 6, it has already happened. Let's find another translation here. This is from the message. And again, the message translation is more of a paraphrase, but nevertheless, it's conveying a powerful truth. Uh, Here we go. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to that sin-miserable life. No longer at sin's every beck and call. What we believe is this. If we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we also get included in his life-saving resurrection. This points out a very, very profound truth that there is no separation between you and our Heavenly Father. This is amazing news. There is no separation between you, me, and the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We are one, constantly, forever connected, engrafted. In uh, the Mirror uh, Bible by Francois Dutoy, uh, he writes this, We perceive that our old lifestyle was, past tense, co-crucified together with him. This concludes that the vehicle that accommodated sin in us was scrapped and rendered useless. Our slavery to sin has come to an end. Oh my, did can you hear can can you hear that really awesome news that you are no longer bound to sin and god does not see you as bound to sin even though you may feel based on your circumstances and whatever vices you are locked into uh, perceived locked into and regardless of whatever patterns of behavior you've got yourself sucked into uh, that you can't seem to get out of you're not locked into that That is an illusion. You are already free. And because you may not know it, you will continue in those patterns. Now I'm giving you a great reference in Scripture to point out a freeing truth. For one, you are free. Number two, you're not bound to stay in those patterns that you're sick of. You can actually step out right now. The the jail door is wide open. It's been open for 2,000 years. You are not in bondage. You place yourself in bondage. Oh my goodness. And the oneness and union you have with Christ can lead you out into the actual freedom, the experiential freedom. So you can find out what is objectively true and begin to experience it subjectively. Your absolute freedom in Christ. Another translation from the Passion Translation of Romans 6.6. 6. We're still in Romans 6.6. 6. The writer writes, Could it be any clearer that our former identity, and he writes in brackets, our old son of Adam, is now and forever deprived of its power? For we were, past tense, co-crucified with him to dismantle the stronghold of sin within us, or in brackets, or to have dominion over us. 
so that we would not continue to live one more moment longer submitted to sin's power. Oh my goodness. I want to read you the short notes. Uh, There's a small note at the end of this thing of being submitted to sin's power that we don't have to live one moment longer. Here's what the study notes say in the Passion Translation. It says, or that the body of sin might be annulled or put out of business. To beg God for victory over sin is a refusal to understand that we have already died to sin. Our joyful task is to believe the good news rather than to seek to crucify ourselves. Sin is not suppressed by the cross. It is eliminated. Upon this water, God commands us to step out and walk upon it, for we are now in Him. Folks, are you struggling with a pattern? Do you think you're bound to a certain sin? I am telling you only in your own mind. You are not. You are not bound to that. You are technically free. The more you believe you're not free, the more not free you're going to be. But when you start to see this clear, blatant text revealed to you, you are free from any bondage you think you're in in your mind. It just said it. Uh, please go read Romans 6, 6. Read it in 20 translations. Go look up the Greek uh, uh, lexicon and look up the word meanings of each word if you need to, because it may take five times, ten times, a hundred times of rereading this for you to teach your brain, your thinking, uh, to teach it that this fact is true. Because right now, you've spent 10 years, 20 years, 40 years, 60 years believing you're in bondage. And that's a long time of cementing a lie in. The scripture has just told you, you are free. Let's come back to the second half. We'll delve into this some more. Family run, family owned. So their focus is on you. Conestoga Lodge Retirement Residence is a full-service retirement home in Kitchener, and you'll be impressed to know that they are not a big corporate chain. They're quality-driven with a focus on each and every individual. Conestoga Lodge offers permanent and short-term stays. To book a free, no-obligation tour, you can call 519-576-2140 or visit online at conestogalodge.com. Are you looking for an encouraging church where you'll discover hope in God who truly loves and accepts you? Hope Fellowship in North Waterloo meets every Sunday at 1030, and the great coffee is only the first thing you'll appreciate. If you're looking for a safe place, a relaxed community of people who want to grow in the freedom of God's grace, welcome to Hope Fellowship, second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. Learn more at hopefellowshipycc.com, and they do have that great coffee. Welcome back to the second half. And uh, I tell you, that first part really got me excited to realize we are not in bondage to any kind of sin. Listen, if you are a person wanting more of God, more of an experiential moment with your Heavenly Father, it's already in you. And I have a hunch, it's misconceptions, um, uh, 
incomplete understandings of who God is that's hindering you from believing and experiencing this. That's why I'm bringing you this really, really good news. So let's take another look. How does Jesus view us? Colossians 2 verses 13 and 14 are really, really powerful. And I think you're going to love this. Again, you might, if you're listening carefully, you might hear the pattern of repetition of key phrases and verses throughout the scripture that are making the same point, uh, all from different places. So if, if one's not hitting you, maybe another one will. Maybe a, a repetition of listening to this program again and again, you'll start to see, oh my, I am free? And can it be true? That's not what I heard or believed for so long. I know, but it is true. And it's true because Jesus has done what he has done at the cross for you and for me. And the question will beg of you, I'll beg of you is, did he succeed or not? If he did succeed, he succeeded for you. You matter. You are valued. You are loved. He is nuts about you right now, regardless of your behavioral patterns. Oh my goodness. Let's read this Colossians 2, 13 to 14. You'll love this. Again, Please hear these next few words. They're, they're big. And when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh. Again, this is written from the New American Standard Bible. It says, when you were dead, past tense, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us and which was hostile to you. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. It's done. Okay, let me pause for just a moment. We are going to look at this in another translation. Um, but uh, it says here, when you were dead in the uncircumcision of your flesh, then while you're dead, he made you alive. It's while you were dead and didn't know you needed saving, when you were in darkness, when you were blind, it's then that he made you alive together with him. It was then while you were blind that he actually forgave you. You were forgiven before you believed. It's clear. Read it yourself. He nailed it to the cross. When did that happen? Over 2,000 years ago and before the foundations of the world. But that's another topic for another time. Right now, in this time and space, you have been forgiven of everything. You have been made alive together with him. Now believe it. Oh my goodness, this is good news. Let's get another translation in here. This is from the uh, Passion Translation. Uh, I'll read it carefully. This realm of death describes our former state. For we were held in sin's grasp, but now have been resurrected out of that realm of death never to return. For we are forever alive and forgiven of all our sins. You have been forgiven. Let's, I'll, I'll read for verse 14 and then come back to this. He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased it all. Our sins, our stained soul. He deleted it all and they cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Folks, 
it doesn't get much more clear. I know for me, again, I'm, I have to use me as an example because I don't know where everybody else is at, but I'm well-churched. Uh, I've been part of the church world for since I was a little, little boy, okay? But there was always this lens that God always saw me through the lens of how much sin I did. Uh, and if I got it forgiven, did I beg for it or what? So there was always this sense that my holiness was always attached to how much sin I had committed, how much sin I had left unresolved. My my righteousness was always connected to how much sin I had done, how much I had not resolved. So there, it was always conditional, always tied to this topic of sin. Forgiveness, big, big, big issue. We've just read here, it has been canceled out. You have been made right. He's erased it. You're not stained. You're actually clean. You just believe you're stained. The more you believe you're stained, you're going to act like a stained person. But I promise, as your mind is being renewed to truth, Jesus, you will begin to walk in that freedom and your mind is going to be transformed to actually believe what Jesus came to do and what the scriptures are revealing here. This is a profound Profound text. Galatians 2.20. It says here, I have been crucified with Christ. There it is again, past tense. Folks, please remember, you are not the old you. You are the new you in Christ. You are the new resurrected Christ with him as him. Uh, You're one with him. I'm not saying you're Christ. You're not Christ. I'm not Christ, but I am one with Christ. You're one with Christ. We're in union. But here, Galatians 2.20, most of you have heard this verse many, many times. Listen carefully. I have been crucified with Christ. Either you are, have been, or you haven't. Declare today which one you are. I have been. It is no longer I who live, my old self, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, in my body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Let me correct that that interpretation from the New American Standard Bible. The King James Bible got it right. They said that uh, it is not, um, I don't, it says here in the NASB, it says, I live by faith in the Son of God which is different than KJV, which says, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Very different. Go to the Greek, you're going to find this. You're going to find I live by the faith of the Son of God, not faith in. Because if it is faith in, then it's dependent on you and your faith and whatever measure you may have. Folks, every bit of faith you've been given has been a gift. Every piece of grace and faith has been a gift. We live by the faith of God. If you read Young's literal translation, it will say, I live by Son of God faith. That's how literal it is. The Passion Translation gets it right. It says, my old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life 
into mine. Oh my, I don't think you can end with better good news today. That your life has been infused into Christ. I love this line. I'm going to read it again. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God. And by the way, if you're doubting God's love, right here, it's blunt again. Who loves me so much he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. The life you currently have right now is not your own independent life. There is no such thing as an independent life or spirit. God is the source of all life. There is only one life. His name is Jesus. But he says here in this text, Galatians 2.20, you are loved. How many times have we grown up wondering, I wonder if God loves me. Then I got this topic that maybe God's mad at me, and but maybe if I act better, he'll love me a little bit more because I really ticked him off earlier. And we swing into this back and forth wondering, does God love me? Does he like me? Am I okay? Wow, what a roller coaster and stress load. I think the religious Christian world, the religious Christian world, not the authentic faith Christian Christianity, the religious Christian world called churchianity is so bound up in trying to gain God's acceptance through performance, uh, through right actions and right words, when we have already been loved completely. They're trying to get something that is already theirs. Are you doing that? Are you trying to get something that may already be yours? What if you found out all of Christ is in you? What if you found out there's nothing you can ever do to tick him off or have cause to be separated from him? I think Romans 8.28 says this, there's nothing that separates us from the love of God, neither height nor depth, angels or demons, hell, nothing, not even the powers of hell can separate us from the love of God. And get this, it says, that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's why Jesus is so important. He's the revealer, not just of the love of God. Listen to this next part. He is also the revealer of the character of God. And if you have some trust issues with the character of God, join us next week as we continue to dig into this, and you'll find more and more hope-filled perspectives on who God is and how He sees you. Have a great week. Martin Small Engines and Auto Clinic in Elmira is more than small engines. Like their name says, Martin's is also a full-service auto clinic focused on automotive repair and service, brakes, tires, local lockout service, and so much more. Whatever you need, Martin's can do it. For that small-town feel with large shop quality, trust a team that really cares. Martin's Small Engines and Auto Clinic, Industrial Drive Elmira and martinselmira.com. Looking for adventure in the great outdoors? It's not far from your own backyard at Conestoga River Horseback Adventures. Fun for the whole family or why not your next corporate party? Trail rides are offered all year round and other options like pony rides and birthday parties for the young cowboys and cowgirls. Afterwards, you can relax and keep the party going in their large, comfortable lounge. Conestoga River Horseback Adventures, 519-888-6503 and horsebackadventures.ca. 
You've been listening to Still Growing in Grace. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker, and I'd like to invite you to join me next Tuesday morning at 1130 when our teaching time will continue. Or join us at 1030 every Sunday morning at Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. If this show has been an encouragement to you, won't you help us spread this good news? Make your donation today by visiting stillgrowingingrace.ca. You can also catch up on past programs, watch YouTube videos of our talks, and download our weekly podcasts. Sign up for our email list and send in your questions. After all, no one has arrived, and we are all still growing in grace.